Thanks for listening to the Word Alive podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching. For more resources, please download our app by typing W-A-I-O in your Play Store. In my opinion, the Holy Spirit too, too calm. Because when I got baptized with the Holy Ghost in fire, something lit up in my soul that wouldn't let go of me, you know. And, uh, and I just got to praying about that. And I, and I said, God, I think this is something that's supposed to be reactivated, you know, that, that people catch fire. You know, was it John Wesley said, if you'll just catch fire, people will come for miles just to watch you burn. Just, a, you say, what does it mean catch fire? A passion, a, a, a drive, a flame, a, the gifts being stirred, the passion for the Lord and others and life. You know, don't you just want to live life passionately, right? I mean, and that's what's so great about t- tabernacles is you just get outside for a change and look at the stars and get out of the concrete walls and get away from technology and just really live life a little bit passionately. I don't know about you, but I don't want to just barely make it and then die safely. I mean, if we're going to live life, what's Shawshank Redemption? Either get busy living or get busy dying. You know what I'm talking about? Catch, touch two of the people say, go on, catch fire. Tell them, go on and catch fire. So uh, this has nothing to do with what I'm talking about today, but I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, and uh, then, I'm go- then on Saturday morning or Saturday at noon, we're going to have a water baptism. And we're going to do it outside. We're calling it tailgate baptism. And we're going to host people that want to be baptized, feed them a meal, celebrate uh, God's goodness and his redemption in their life, and we're going to baptize them outside on that Saturday. So if you've not been water baptized, it's a great opportunity. Fill out a connection card and, and jump on board with us. But after praying about that Holy Ghost fire thing, I went to Chuck's uh, Pierce to preach, and I'm up preaching, and he looked very busy doing something, and I'm just preaching. And after I got through preaching, he said, while you were preaching, the Lord spoke to me to go get you a mantle. And I said, all right. And so let me show you quickly what a confirmation this was. I've been giving everybody a certain mantle for this year. When I come out to your place, I'll bring it for uh, Bell. But this one, I got in Israel a long time ago. And it's fire. (laughs) James said, the Lord said to me, he said, you're about to go to gates of cities the Lord said I'm extending your call I'm going to not only give you your land but I'm going to call you and you're going to free entire cities entire states the Lord says the fire of God is going to so go with you that it's going to cause a rapid move of wild freedom to break out throughout every place you go. The Lord says you're going to send teams. They're going to be fire teams. They're going to go out and they're going to unlock, unlock what got captured in other seasons and they're going to cause the fire of God to come into a new freedom. The Lord said when you go You loose the fire, then I'll loose the wind, and it will be a movement like never before. Like that. You loose the fire, God will loose the wind. So I thought, well, I'm going to be traveling a lot of places doing it. Why would I do it everywhere else and not do it here? And so if you want to be a part of that, that's Friday night at 630, and uh, uh, we're looking forward to to loosening the fire. 
Touch three or four people, say, you look like you could use some fire. Tell them, you look like you could lose some fire. Good news is dry wood catches faster. Come on, somebody. Yes. When you guys came in this morning, you were given a red dot. That represents your sin. Touch your neighbor and say, I thought yours was much bigger than that. Hold that in your hand. This represents your sin. Today we're celebrating the Day of Atonement. Yom Kippur, one translation calls it. Yom Kippur means covering. If you get a direct translation, it would be the highest in authority is shouting covering. Actually what that means. Leviticus 16, I don't have time to go the whole chapter with you, but Basically, if you were to read Leviticus 16, it would talk about every year they were to have a ceremony, which I'll discuss with you for a very brief, short few minutes, about atonement, at one They were to celebrate the concept or thought that their sins, Israel's sins, had been covered or forgiven, and so they were not separated from God. And... Basically, in layman's terms, in my terms, it was an annual do-over, a mulligan. So once a year, they got a spiritual mulligan, a golf term, where you hit one bad shot and you get to have an extra shot. So touch two people say, aren't you glad God gives you a spiritual mulligan every year? Tell them, God gives you a spiritual mulligan every year. Except for all you that got it all right last year and you don't need another one, right? I got somebody Facebook me this morning. They said, I thought the blood was, I thought the sins were already under the blood. I replied, they are, but isn't it great that once a year he just reminds us? He just, once a year he wants to come on and remind us of what this is all about and that we are covered and that we are forgiven and that we are one with the Lord. And so then hence allows us to move on with him into the bigger and better things that he has for us. Quit laying again the foundation of repentance, I think the Hebrew writer writes, so we can move on with God. So touch two or three people say, get ready to move on with God today. Tell them. The theme of the ceremony is a scapegoat or a word I want you to remember called Azazel. Somebody shout, Azazel. Say it again, Azazel. Azazel is an important word today because Azazel means to take it away. To take it away. Now I believe and I'm convinced that a lot of Christians believe they're forgiven, but they struggle because they don't realize it's been taken away. Big difference between being covered and being taken away. Now, in this ceremony, there were two goats represented or presented to the Lord, one for the priest and one for the people. And when you see this, you see a powerful symbol of the Lord Jesus Christ and his work of redemption. But there was two goats, and so they would bring the two goats out on this time of year, right now where we're at, and one goat they would take into the temple or into the tabernacle, the outer court, inner court, and Holy of Holies. And inside, there would be about 300,000 people there. Can you imagine? Surrounding this tabernacle, and the priest shows up with two goats, and he leaves one outside, and he takes another inside. 
The goat that's taken inside is for the priest so that the priest could be made holy to be able to enter in to do the ceremony. Let me pause right here just a minute. I felt God spoke to me. Isn't it interesting that God said, have one goat for the priest and one goat for the people, but he never asked for a goat for God. God's never had a problem. God's never had a problem forgiving you. You just had a problem forgiving yourself. It didn't say the Lord needed a goat. It said the priest needed a goat because his conscience had to be clear and the people needed a goat because God's always been forgiven. I'll go ahead and throw you another zinger. God was forgiven before the cross. Before the cross, a man showed up being brought on a stretcher and, got, and Jesus healed him. And he said, the reason I healed you was not to show you that I could heal, but to show you that I got power to forgive sin. Touch three people say, our God's always been a forgiven God. Tell him, our God's always. <clears throat> he would take the goat in the, in the tabernacle, watch this, and would lay his hands on the goat and impart into the goat the sins of all the people. They say, this is what got really interesting to me, when he would put his hands on it, they called it in Hebrew to press. Or the Hebrew word for that is to Gethsemane. To Gethsemane the goat. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Jesus in the garden of the place called the press, sweat drops of blood as God laid upon him the sins of the whole world. And it says it was so agonizing for the priest that while he's pressing this goat with sin, that he literally would be, there would be such an agonizing moment spiritually that the priest would turn his face away. Anybody ever heard when Jesus was on the cross and his father turned his face away, not to reject him, but because he was pressing him with the sin and the pain of the whole world. He would kill the goat take the blood and go into the Holy of Holies and say these words on the way in. Don't touch me. I've not yet applied the blood. Have you ever read John 21 where Jesus is raised from the dead and Mary finds him. He says, don't touch me. I've not yet ascended to my father. Why? It wasn't with the blood of a goat. It wasn't with the blood of an animal, but with his own blood, he entered into the Holy of Holies and obtained an eternal redemption for us. And then they said in there at the ninth hour. See, if you had a Hebrew mindset and you read the New Testament, this would all just be exploding. At the ninth hour, which was when Jesus gave up the ghost. It says the high priest would stand in the tabernacle and shout, It is
And you tell me you don't want to celebrate the Day of Atonement. Come on, somebody. Powerful stuff. But so that the people, the 300,000, could see what was actually happening inside, they then would come on the outside and almost repeat the ceremony, but not verbatim. And basically, on the outside, they would do the same thing. They would put their hands on the goat and wrap the goat's head in a red string around its head. But here's where I want to pause a minute. Because when we're talking about imparting sin, most of us don't really understand sin, and I need to pause. There's three words for sin. Let me show you a slide. There's iniquity, which is Avon, not the company. Meaning... In the old church of God, I grew up in this. I told you that makeup was. But anyway, no. iniquity, avant, meaning whatever your eye hooks to grows inside of you. Whatever your eye hooks to. So in other words, when you begin to covet something, someone, a substance, what it, it, it's, that word iniquity means it hooks to your eye and something starts to grow on the inside of you. The second word sin, kata, simply means you set a, once something gets hooked to your eye and begins to grow inside of you, a different set of boundaries are accepted, or some would say you cross the line. How many have ever looked at something and just glanced away, but then you looked the second time? Touch three people say, look out now. Wait, crossed the line. Then when you actually give into the act of it, it's transgression, pesha, meaning my own perception speaks to me as ultimate reality and consumes me, and I totally live in deception. That's the way sin works. It didn't, it, it didn't you just wake up one morning and fall into it. Eye hooks, starts to grow. A different set of boundaries are set, and then the next thing you're fully and deceived into a different reality of the way you should be living. Track it with me? Now, here's what gets exciting to me. Now we understand Isaiah 53, 6 better when you know sin that way. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us have turned to our own way, but the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Watch me, watch me, watch me. When the Lord takes away your sin, he's not just taking away the action. He's going all the way back to where you got hooked and digging it out from the root. And Come on, somebody. Come on now. That's why the woman caught in adultery Jesus looked at her and said, who condemns you? No one condemns you. What did he say? Go and We've always heard that preach says, don't do that again. Don't wind up back here again. Don't wind up here looking for forgiveness again. No, no. What Jesus was saying is, because I don't condemn you, I'm about to take your sin away to the point that not only you're forgiven, but that desire to do it is actually going to have left your life. See, we don't we not heard no preaching like this or we wouldn't be in sin. 
we wouldn't be so deep in sin because we just think it's forgiven and we just stay in it. But if you really have an encounter with God where he deals with your sin, he'll go to the root and pull it right out of your life. I met a guy, a friend of mine in uh, Ireland that I met. He no religion, never been to church. He just had an encounter with Jesus. And he told me, he said, Kent, he said, I got to tell you a story. He said, after I had an encounter with Jesus, I used to watch a lot of pornography. He said, I didn't realize it, but I was addicted to it. And then after I got saved, I realized I was addicted to it, and I felt like it was wrong for my life. So he said, I basically, you know, tried to quit doing it, but I found no power. He said, then one day I was sitting in my room watching pornography, and the Lord came into the room. And he said, the first thing, it shocked me that the Lord would come in the room where I'm watching pornography. And he said, Lord, what are you doing here? He said, I'm here to help you. He said, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to look at it again. He said, I thought that was the strangest thing the Lord would have ever said. Watch, turn and look at it again. He said, when I turned and looked at it again, there was not an ounce of desire in me anymore for what used to be in there to watch that. See, see that's, why, that's why we don't worship more radically because we've not really encountered the true Day of Atonement, where God has literally took your sin away. It's not about you giving it to him and then you overcoming it. It's about him taking your sin away. It's like another friend of mine who was a heroin addict who came to the Lord and just simply told the truth. He said, God, I love heroin more than I love you. That's just the truth. I love heroin more than I love you. And if you don't take this away from me, I will never quit it. And a minute after he prayed that prayer, the very desire of heroin was ripped out of his heart and he never did heroin again. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about the day of atonement. I'm talking about, I'm talking about Jesus took our sin away. You say, are you mean I'm not ever going to sin again? Oh, no, I mean you won't do that one again. You got some more coming probably for sure. But I don't think you should have to keep repeating the same one. I mean, sooner or later you need to get free of unforgiveness. Come on, you may have to fight some other things, but don't keep fighting the same thing every year. He wants to take it away. I'll just tell you my own story. I went to a Holy Ghost altar, the Church of God, and got down on my knees with six saints praying, three saying, hang on, three saying, let go. I didn't know what to do. But all I know is I tell you this, in a moment of time, something transpired in my soul. I went down a drug addict on hooked to cocaine, and I got up and never have desired it from that day 34 years ago. Come on, somebody. Somebody shout, Azazel! Take it away. And so to represent this taking it away, what would happen is they would take the goat 
And they would wrap the gold, the, the red cord around the goat's head. Let, let me uh, pass your sin down. Pass your sin to this way, will you? Do you sin? Pass it this way. Just touch your neighbor and say, take my sin from me. Come on, take, your, take my sin. Pass it this way. Come on, Matt. Come on, Paul. Just go collect it. Get everybody's sin away from them. Just pass it down to the middle. Somebody put it in a bucket. Somebody put it in a bucket. Sam, this, this represents whatever you got to get rid of. Come on. Just pass it down. <clears throat> pass it down. Get rid of it. Put it in a bucket. <clears throat> put it in a bucket. Get rid of it. Pass it to the middle. That represents whatever you've been hanging on to or what's ever been hanging on to you. Just pass it to the middle. Say, I'm came to get rid of my, touch three people, say, I'm getting rid of it today. Touch three people, say, I'm getting rid of it today. <clears throat> Bring it back to me. Don't hang on to that now. Look, don't be hanging on to it. Yeah, bring it all. Just pile it up. <laughs> Ain't nobody holding on to no sin, are they? Huh? Come here, Matt. And all, and all reverence, Matt's the goat. <laughs> so we're just saying, I just want to show you a picture. You got more sin. Bring it, bring it, bring it, bring all the sin. Coming from the balcony with your sin. Transport the sin to us. Y'all coming with your sin from the balcony? Y'all keep it. Bring it on. Somebody's coming. I'm just using Matt here. I, I, I don't want to take away from the holiness of the moment, but it's just I need you to see this. Can you imagine? Just marking, just so you can imagine. Here's, here's sin from the balcony. They would take all the sin of the people, paint, put it on the goat's head. These represent, they would wrap his head with, this was just an economic way for me to do this. They would, they would wrap it with a red cord and they would take the goat through 300,000 people and here's what they would say. Hear, O Israel, as far as the east is from the west, so far is he removing your transgression from you? Hear, O Israel, as far as the east is from the west, so far is he removing your transgressions from you. Hear, O Israel, as far as the east is from the west, so far is he removing his, your transgressions from you. Hear, O Israel, as far as the east is from the west, so far is he... Hear, O Israel, as far as the east is from the west, so far is he removing your transgressions from you. You ever read Psalm 103? As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed, not covered, removed, our transgressions from us. Now we understand better. Stay here with me, Matt. Now we understand better 
when John the Baptist saw Jesus coming on the scene, what did he say? Behold, the Lamb of God, what? Who does what? Show me a slide. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin. Not covers it, not forgives it, takes it. Somebody's going to get a hold of this here in a minute. Not forgives you so you can go keep doing it. Not forgives you so you can do it again next month, get forgiven, do it again next month, forget. No, who takes away the sin of the whole world. <laughs> now, what they would do then is they would take the goat and they would take him to the crowd. Behold, O Israel, hear, O Israel, hear, O Israel. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed his transgress your transgressions from you. Why that statement? Why as far as the east is from the west? Does that mean how far it is from here to California? No. East and west never meet. When he says it, there's no, east and west never meet. So when he says as far as the east is from the west, he's saying I'm removing it so you don't ever run into it again. Come on now, somebody. Somebody's about to get a revelation. Now, watch this. Watch this. Then this, really, I got stinking pumped about this. Then it says they would, Dan, help me. They would take the goat and entrust it to a trusted man who would take the goat out of the camp. Check this out. This blew my mind. Matthew 19, Pilate. Jesus is handed over. Boy, if you had a Hebraic mindset, Jesus is handed over to Pilate. And Jesus said, only my father has handed me over to you. And the crowd, the Hebrews in the crowd screamed, take him away. Take him away. Take him away. A Hebraic mindset would have sat there thinking, oh my God, this lamb has been handed into another man so that the sins could be put upon him and he would be taken away. And it says, after he handed you over to another man, the priest would wash his hands. Pilate, after handing Jesus over to be crucified, washed his hands and said, I'm done with this. God, somebody grab a hold of this. 
That's why Hebrews 13 says Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without side or outside the gate. If you go to Israel and you go to the Golgotha, the mountain is not in the city. It is outside the city because the goat was to go to the wilderness and die alone in the wilderness, away from the camp, away outside of Israel. Thank God that Jesus died outside the camp so that all of us who were outsiders could become insiders. Come on, somebody. Then the high priest, after washing his hands, watch this, would take part of the red rope off the goat's head and hang it on the door of the temple, a red rope. And they would wait. They would just sit there and wait. And they say, history records, the Talmud records, every year this happened, a miracle. A certain time once the goat had made it to the wilderness with the sins of the people, the red rope hanging on the door would miraculously turn white. And they would know the work had been accomplished. You ever thought about this one? Come now. Let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be white like wool. How about Colossians 2.14? Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, Jesus has, has what? Nailing it to the cross. Touch three people, say, Jesus nailed it. <laughs> Lastly, here's what would happen. After all this was accomplished, there was a Chair seating, sit, seated, placed on the porch of the temple or outside the tabernacle. And once the high priest, once the rope turned white, it says the high priest would walk over and sit down. <laughs> Hebrews says, not with the blood of the goat, not with the blood of an animal. That had to be offered every year. But Jesus, as a great high priest, with his own blood, once and for all, offered the sacrifice and has sat down, waiting till his enemies become his footstool. Touch three people say, the priest has sat down. What's my message to you today? The goat has left the building. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know, Ken, I know, I know, but you just don't really understand. You, you don't really understand. I thought I had overcome this and I fell back into it this year. I know, but the goat has left the building. I know, Ken, I know, I know, but you just don't realize what happened to me this year. I got really hurt and really disappointed by somebody really close to me, and I fell back into this deep level of unforgiveness that I've just not been able to get out. I know, but the goat has left 
the building. Oh, I know, Kent, but there's just, you just don't know the depth of my addiction. I mean, I've been in it for years now, and I can't seem to find any way out of it. And, and the more I try, the more I use willpower, the word I, I know, I know. But the goat has left the building. Oh, I know, Kent, but you just don't understand. I, I, I pose as a Christian. Because I got all this stuff going on in my life. I watch pornography. I, I do these things and it just condemns me every week. And I, I come to church every Sunday so condemned because I really love God and, 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 and I really want to do right. But I can't, I, I know, but the goat has left. Oh, somebody's going to get it in a minute. Somebody's going to get it in a minute. My sins have been taken away and the goat has left the building. Oh my God. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've all gone our own way, but he laid on him the iniquity of us all. Everybody ought to go ahead and stand up and shout. The goat has left the building. The Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us. What? Wait a minute. Lay down upon him the iniquity of some of us. So that tells me, if he's laid upon him the iniquity of us all, then that's not just mine, but that's yours. And also, if that's true, that's what you've done to me. Because if he's taken my iniquity, he's also taken those who've hurt me. If he's taken my iniquity, he's also taken my family, my friends, my neighbor's iniquity. So if he's taken my iniquity, put it on him and took theirs on him, how come I keep holding their iniquity? How can I hold somebody else's iniquity if my iniquity has been taken for free? The goat has left the building. Somebody... Monday, that person that's hurt you terribly comes back up, calls you, texts you. All you got to say is, the goat has left the building. You are a goat. But the goat has left the building. See, I'm convinced one of the reasons we don't worship Jesus more radically is we don't understand the depth of what he's done. I appreciate that. See, I'm convinced that we teach too much psychology. We've replaced the cross with a couch. If it was about me and you getting better, we'd already got better. It's about him forgiving us and taking the sin 
away. it was just enough grace to forgive me and I got to get out of it on my own that's not grace and the good news is he puts no time limit on you no expiration date on the goat the only difference between where you are today and where God wants to take you is do you really believe has nothing to do with your works do you really believe that the goat has left the building? Thanks for listening to this message. If you are blessed by this message, you can give by visiting waio.org or by downloading the Wayo app and selecting Give. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Thanks.